I'm doing great, and it's good to be here with everybody tonight, and I'm glad to have you on the show also. And this is a very interesting topic, and I've been looking forward to doing this show for a long time. <laughs> Fascinating. I know you have. So I so, guess what people are wondering dead or alive. is why we would even do this. They're probably wondering why we're even doing this show, huh? I would say most people would look at this title and say, uh, he's dead. He died in a plane crash along with his wife and sister-in-law. Right? That's what most people think. Yeah, there's a big tragedy um, that happened in America to lose our first son, John F. Kennedy Jr., in a horrific plane crash, supposedly, on July 16th, 1999, with his wife, Carolyn Bissett Kennedy, and his sister-in-law, Lauren Bissett. So it was actually something that just kind of shocked the world when this happened because everybody loved John John. Right. Even I mean, the guy was a Democrat, but I didn't look at him that way. Uh, I I think it's because his daddy was a kind of a pure Democrat. Democrat wasn't a bad thing back then. There, there wasn't a, a hell of a lot of difference between Democrats and Republicans back then. Well, I, maybe not, I won't, shouldn't say not a lot of difference, but they were, there sure wasn't as wide of a chasm between the two parties as there is now. I mean, um, the whole thing, about Democrats back in the day, supposedly, you know, they had a big heart and they wanted to help people. Um, John F. Kennedy was very, very popular in West Virginia. And a lot of people don't know that. And by the way, I'm from West Virginia, y'all. Uh, Hurricane is in Texas. But West Virginia uh, was the pivotal state that got him, uh, that won him the election. He was knocking doors and deep in the hollers of West Virginia coal country. And uh, he was loved and respected, admired here in West Virginia, that's for sure. Everywhere. Well, you know, uh, he was actually allegedly going to run for the New York Senate in uh, 2000, but didn't supposedly his plane crash on the way to Martha's Vineyard in 1999. And, uh, you know, anytime that you get involved with Hillary Clinton and you die, it raises eyebrows because we all know about the Clinton body count. And as it was, Hillary Clinton was, uh, you know, basically in Arkansas, and nobody there's gonna was gonna vote for her. So she moves to New York, hoping that the Senate seat comes available because the senator was supposed to uh, be resigning. But there was a huge stumbling block in her way. And that was America's first son, John F. Kennedy Jr. 
So it's going to be really, really hard to lose when you're facing someone John John, you know. <laughs> People loved him, man. He was from there, right? He was a native son right. of the oh, area. She didn't stand a chance against him. Not at all. So they supposedly went out and uh, were going to Martha's Vineyard and were fry- flying across the uh, the uh, water going to, to land, and supposedly they, they wrecked. But there's a lot of really weird stuff about that flight. <clears throat> like, first of all, you know, he didn't even have a flight plan, no distress call, false beacons, just – well, actually, I have a clip. I think I can go ahead and play that for y'all now. I'm still going through all that myself. If I can find it, give me a second. Let me pull it up real quick. It's called uh, Weird Facts About JFK Jr.'s Flight. I'm going to go ahead and play that and see what you – it's real short and see what y'all think about this. Hang on. When it comes to airline crashes, many consider JFK Jr.'s accident an open-shut case. But personal friends in Martha's Vineyard that weekend told us the weather reports in the media were completely false. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. When we looked at the NTSB report, we certainly came up with more questions than answers. In fact, some say JFK Jr. is still alive today. We'll get to that in a bit. So here are 10 weird facts about JFK Jr.'s final flight. And before you start watching this, please subscribe. It really makes a difference. Number 10, the quick cremation. In a shocking turn, without the family's consent, JFK Jr. and the Bassett sisters were cremated and cast from a warship into the ocean. JFK Jr. and the Bassett sisters were Catholics, and Catholics normally do not get cremated. The decision to carry out these rites was made at the behest of Pentagon brass. And it's important to note that the Department of Defense rarely accords the honor of burial at sea to civilians. In fact, One might recall another suspicious burial at sea, Osama bin Laden. But it's not just the cremation that raised eyebrows, it was the rushed autopsy. The coroner completed three autopsies that night in less than four hours. Critics say that is clearly preposterous and shows the investigation was flawed from the beginning. Number 9. The Time Gaps On July 16, 1999, JFK Jr. took off in his plane with his wife Carolyn and his sister-in-law, Lauren Bassett. The plane took off at 8.38 p.m., and at 9.39, upon its approach to Martha's Vineyard, the plane dropped 4,700 feet per minute and crashed into the ocean. What many find strange is that it took 15 hours for the Coast Guard to begin searching for the plane. Friends at the Martha's Vineyard Airport notified an airport employee who called the FAA. When the FAA failed to respond, Senator Edward Kennedy himself called him at 11 p.m. to say his nephew's plane was missing. When the FAA still hadn't done anything, the Coast Guard was contacted directly at 2 a.m. And at 7 a.m. that next morning, Senator Kennedy called Bill Clinton's chief of staff. It wasn't until 1 p.m. the next day that the Coast Guard officially began their search. Why did it take so long? Number 8. The Missing Passenger JFK Jr. was running a magazine at the time called George. At lunch with his co-editor, JFK Jr. mentioned that he probably was going to bring a flight instructor along with him on his flight to Martha's Vineyard because he was recovering from a foot injury and wanted to have someone else as a co-pilot. What's strange is that JFK Jr.'s flight log was missing according to the NTSB report and one of the plane seats could not be found amidst the wreckage. 
many conspiracy theorists allege this missing seat belonged to a fourth unacknowledged passenger. And if that doesn't raise your eyebrows, consider this. JFK Jr. was flying a Piper Saratoga plane, which is equipped with an in-flight recorder. But in a very convenient twist, the battery was removed from the device, making all recorded conversation in the cockpit unavailable. Number 7. Mysterious Helicopters Even though the Coast Guard, as we mentioned, didn't officially begin searching until 1 p.m. on July 17th, a number of witnesses saw mysterious helicopters around the crash site early that morning. Who did these helicopters belong to? But that's not the only strange occurrence. At 3.40 a.m. the next morning, the Coast Guard picked up an emergency beacon and started to track it, but then gave up and reversed course. The location of the signal was far from the spot that Kennedy's plane was ultimately found. So the question is, did another plane crash that night? Moreover, even though JFK Jr.'s black box was pinging out a signal, it still took the Coast Guard five days to find the plane. Was this a matter of sheer incompetence or clear evidence of a cover-up? Number six, the weather. Reading the news reports at the time, they all painted a picture of a reckless JFK Jr. who took his wife and sister-in-law on a flight when the weather was terrible. In fact, many newspapers reported there was significant haze that evening. None of that could have been further from the truth. The tower manager told the NTSB that conditions were good that evening with 10 to 12 miles visibility, no fog, and no adverse conditions. Consider also that JFK Jr. had 18 years of flight experience and more than 700 hours of total flight time. If he had just used the autopilot feature on the plane, it would have guided him to within 100 feet of the runway. Why did so many media outlets misreport the actual weather conditions that evening? Was it sloppy journalism or filling in a pre-written narrative? Number 5. The White Flash a reporter with a local Martha's Vineyard newspaper was walking on a beach that night and gave an interview to a local TV station. In it, he claimed to see a, quote, bright white flash in the sky at the same time that Kennedy's plane went down. Another witness, a Pennsylvania lawyer, liked the impact of a bomb. He told local police who went out with him the very next day. The location that lawyer identified matched exactly where JFK Jr. had indicated to air traffic control that his position was at 9.39 p.m. Shortly thereafter, the Pentagon took control of the investigation, which was odd, seeing as though JFK Jr. was not flying a military plane. One possible explanation for the Pentagon's involvement is number four, the mysterious boat. Sources close to the Kennedy family say that his death was initially investigated as a murder. In fact, in the days after the crash, multiple sources say that FBI agents fanned out all over the Caldwell, New Jersey area, going to convenience stores and seeing if anyone had recently purchased epoxy. This ties into a report from a French investigative magazine, which say that a pilot at the airport heard a weird noise coming from JFK Jr.'s plane right as it took off. The FBI also found some suspicious boating activity in the area where his plane was headed. They found an unusual number of batteries in the fisherman's boat, and they were pretty suspicious because they said, eh, you know, we're fishing for striped bass. The only problem is, there's no bass in that area of Long Island Sound. Who were these men, and was this lead ever investigated?
Number four, the missing videotapes. According to reports, videotapes were made of the plane on the bottom of Long Island Sound. The problem is they were all destroyed. The footage allegedly showed that every bulb, including the emergency flashlight, every circuit board, including the engine sensors and other electronic equipment, had literally been melted. FBI investigators on the scene first concluded that a massive electromagnetic event caused Kennedy's plane to crash. Did this extreme power surge have anything to do with the mysterious boat full of batteries? How did these videotapes simply vanish, and who would have the power and the position to make that evidence disappear? Consider number two, the Senate run. Was it possible that JFK Jr. was contemplating a run for the Senate? That would have been a big problem for former First Lady Hillary Clinton. With JFK's Kennedy roots and his killer smile, he would have been a formidable opponent in a runoff. In fact, some reports claim that Newsweek had a story ready for its July 26th edition that JFK was entering into the political arena, but the story was spiked. Who did it, and why did they spike the story? In fact, the 2004 book Sons of Camelot also claimed that JFK Jr. wanted a seat. But let's face it, Hillary Clinton is always involved in some wacky theories. But when it comes to motive, many say the real culprit behind JFK Jr.'s death was someone much, much bigger. The very folks behind his father's assassination. Number 1. The Deep State According to sources, JFK Jr. was looking for an investigative journalist to look at some suspicious assassinations, not just his father's, but also the Rabin assassination. In fact, JFK Jr. met with high-ranking Israeli and Mossad officials to discuss that case. He interviewed the mother of Rabin's alleged assassin and came away with more questions than answers. He also hired Oliver Stone to write an article for his new magazine called Our Counterfeit History. Was JFK Jr. just stirring the pot, or had he begun to unravel a deep state cabal that was responsible for assassinations across the world? In fact, some say that JFK might have even faked his death and is still alive. They point to a couple seen at Trump campaign events who look strangely similar to JFK Jr. and Carolyn Bissett. We'll let you be the judge. JFK Jr. was a beloved figure, and there's no question that there are many anomalies about his crash and investigation. Curious what you guys think. What's more suspicious to you? Was it the mysterious boat full of batteries or the quick cremation and burial at sea? Let us know in the comments below, and thanks again for watching. Yeah, that was a cool clip. Yes, it was. So they're big a, uh, I've, yeah, I forgot about a lot of that stuff. Um, it's just, there's, there's just so many things like, uh, well, our favorite Anon always says, uh, you know, how many, how many coincidences before, you know, it's just got to be a fact. I mean, it's just so many different things. Now, now, let me ask you this, and, of course, you've done 90% of this uh, research. What Did you come across anything about uh, Secret Service making a discovery 
um, on his plane, like days before he was to fly? I did. I, I, I read, I read something about that, but I read that something goes, about this, that. Is that going to fall under rumor? Go ahead. Yeah, folks, by the way, we're in two different states, and it's easy to talk over each other, so that's going to happen. That's always going to happen at times. Um, have What, if anything, have you heard about that? Is that just rumor, or uh, I heard that uh, see, Junior has had incredibly, uh, a, a incredibly protected life from the Secret Service. I mean, the guy... I mean, appeared to live a normal life, but he w- he had heavy protection his entire life from childhood uh, to the day he died. And uh, one of the things I've heard, and I, maybe I shouldn't even bring it up because I didn't study up on it, so I guess I'm asking you how much you know. But one of the things I had heard was that one of uh, his uh, protectors, for lack of a better word, came across a putty-like substance on his plane. Did Had you heard anything about that? I did read something about that, but uh, the only reference that I could find saying that was, was not a verifiable source. It was more like a right. conspiracy theorist putting together their ideal of how this would have went down. And they said, well, how this could have went down was that they found, uh, the Secret Service found that his plane was rigged and that if it got to a certain altitude, it was going to blow up. So they had plenty of time to plan to how to, you know, beat this assassination attempt or how they were going to handle it. And that they had came up with the ideal of faking his. That was just a conversation with some people speculating on different ways that they thought this could have went down. But it wasn't a verifiable source. And, you know, then again, most of the stuff that we have is from fake news, you know, the New York Times and CNN, you know, different uh, fake news media, so Mockingbird Media, so I mean <laughs> it's really hard to get any really verifiable uh, sources when you're right. researching well, this because anything that you really want has pretty much been scrubbed by now, but so I guess what, what it starts off is, so you know, Jay, uh, John F. Kennedy Jr., he had been on the record saying I'm going to find my father's killer even if I have to take down the entire government to do so and like this clip just mentioned the deep state, he was also he had, he'd opened a magazine called George, okay, which a lot of people think that he was pointing out his father's killer, who he many people believe was George Bush Senior, and that that's why he had named that magazine George to taunt him. And I, I tend to believe that as well. And uh, so he was you know, poking it. his finger in the deep state, poking his finger in the deep state, and like like that clip said, looking into different assassinations uh, involving Israel and Mossad, you know, pissing off the deep state, poking fingers in his dad's death, you know, uh, trying to get different information for his uh, magazine George, which was a political magazine. So then on top of that, he has this Senate run coming up, which they said Newsweek just completely not just not just you know, pulled it off the shelf, but I mean like eradicated this issue that was coming out on July 26th, his run for the Senate, and instead even ended up running an article about his death. But there was actually magazines, kind of like that one when uh, they, you know, remember when they thought Hillary was going to win? I don't remember what magazine it was, right. but it said Madam President, and they had to go back in and change all these and pick up all these magazines they had already distributed early to change it to Trump winning. <laughs> it's kind of like that, you know, so they had this music had this one all about 
his Senate ring. So it was out there. And so just right in that same time, he just mysteriously comes in dead. I find that about as suspicious as people hanging themselves with a red scarf on a doorknob. Oh, now, Lord, every hand, time someone from Hollywood dies now, it's first thing I think is they were murdered by the deep state. And I'm probably right most of the time. Right. So they come up missing. This guard that said this is a, this is a mysterious boat going around. And you've got major time gaps from the time that you know he's reported to not show up. The family's calling, complaining he's not showing up until they actually get the Coast Guard to actually look for him. There's just major time gaps, which I find unusual since it was John F. Kennedy Jr. You'd think they'd be right on that, you know, but they weren't. So I find that really, really strange. Then you also have people saying there were these, you know, mysterious helicopters, which I didn't find that that strange. I would, I would think there would be mysterious helicopters in that area at that time. So to me, I didn't find that right. that strange. But about the black box dinging, and then the Coast Guard picking up this emergency beacon dinging completely far away from where they found his plane, I find that kind of strange. Kind of like, hey, look here, look here, but don't look there, you know. Almost like a decoy, right. and so that really stood out to me as very suspicious and raised my eyebrows a lot. What's up with this beacon, you know? And then they have uh, this mysterious boat that said uh, it was filled with all kinds of batteries, which, I mean, you know, I was thinking about that. I'm like, well, you know, what what, what kind of batteries? Are they giant batteries? Are they little big tiny batteries? Are they you – know, what kind of batteries are they? What do you call right. a lot of batteries? Do you, do you call a case of batteries a lot of batteries? Do you call – you know, 25 cases. I mean, what what exactly kind of boat was this? What exactly kind of batteries was this? You know, I can't really find any really good sources. It's very vague. Right. For them to be considering that striped, I mean, a suspicious boating activity, except for that they were saying they were fishing for some kind of bass that didn't even exist in that water, which, okay. That right there would be like, uh, that's weird, you know. But, I mean, they could have no, been transporting drugs or something in those batteries, you know? Right. See, just like everybody else, a lot of uh, a lot of what I'm going to say is uh, speculation, but when you start putting things together, they can make sense or not. But, like, okay, the cremating and well, dumping the bodies. Is... Yeah, I want to get to that in a minute after we cover this flight. Um, if you don't mind. I got an order here. I found a couple of interesting articles. Uh, one was uh, called John F. Kennedy Jr. Brought Lots of Martha's Vineyard. It says the following letter to the editors published in the Martha's Vineyard Times, letter to the editors on Wednesday, July 28, 1999. A phone call to the Times confirmed that the lights described in the, the letter were indeed in operation on the night that John Kennedy Jr. crashed. And it says, too much light at the new airport to the editor. The vineyard has, vineyard has taken another step towards becoming Orlando, Orlando North. Last weekend, we took a late ferry back to the vineyard after a few weeks away. When we arrived at our house south of Edgartown Vineyard, Haven Road, turned off the car, light, the car, turned off the car lights and stepped out of the car, I was astonished to see the sky to the north of us lit up as brightly as the Boston skyline. I drove north to discover that the new airport had apparently been open in our absence, and there were now... 60 new roadway lights in operation. Unlike the old street lights, which had your bulbs up inside a reflector where they would illuminate the ground, 
but be shielded from the sky. New lights were very bright and completely unshielded. Not only did they go, did they direct bright unshielded bulbs prevent you from seeing the grounds clearly. Considering the Martha Vineyard series last year on the issue of light pollution, numerous letters to the editors of the Gazette, the Times, about light pollution, the new, and I don't know what word this is, Aquana building regulations covering lighting, and letters to the airport commissioners pleading with them to consider the issue of light pollution in the design of the new airport, who was who was the genius who specified these new street lights? They may have architectural presence, but they destroy a large area of night sky. Please call and write the commissioners demanding that they replace these lights with ones that shield their bulbs from the sky, like the new lights on the vineyard. Haven Oak Bluffs Causeway. We do not have to let progress turn the vineyard into just another metropolitan suburb. Peter Jones, Belmont, and Edgartown. He's a little snobby there, isn't he? <laughs> but it goes on to say the new lights directly contradict the image being put in the media that Martha's Vineyard is a very hard, dark place with no visual reference at night. Even were it hazy, the glow of the lights in the haze would be visible. That's a very good information. And then I found another article. John F. Kennedy Jr., it was really not that hazy. And it says, anglers may have heard crash, but Dave Salston and Bill Hutchison from the Daily News staff writers. And uh, y'all have to excuse me if I stutter a little bit when I'm reading. I actually have glasses that I lost, so I, <laughs> it's kind of a little bit of a challenge uh, to read some of this, to be honest with you. I'm not illiterate. I just uh, lost my glasses. But it says, Daily News, New York, News, fake 22, July 21st, 1999, on a Wednesday. Kisbury, Massachusetts. Victor... Bannock may be the only person to have heard John F. Kennedy Jr.'s airplane crash. An attorney from Pittsburgh, Chris Bannock was fishing Friday for striped bass off Squib Point, the remote southern tip of Martha's Vineyard, when a loud noise broke the silence of the night. I heard an explosion over my right shoulder. Uh, Bannock said yesterday in the first interview he was granted since the crash that killed JFK Jr., his wife Carolyn Bissett, and her sister Lauren Bissett. It sounded like an explosion. There was no shockwave, but it was a large bang. Providing 45 years, spent summers in Martha's Vineyard for 20 years, pinpointed the source of sound about four miles offshore near No Man's Island. He said that just before hearing the noise, he noticed a small aircraft flying low over the water towards the island. But he could not say for certain if it was Kennedy's plane or if it was just uh, this, or if it was or if it was the source of the bang. The lawyer scratched the top of his cricket head as he described how he peered out of the dark waters and saw nothing but the black of night. It was really hazy, but if you have to appreciate how bad it gets out there at that time of night, Perbanic said. The water and the horizon are indistinct, and you can't tell the difference. Perbanic said he fished until 1 a.m., pulling one large striper before heading home to bed. When he woke up Saturday morning, he heard initial reports that Kennedy's plane was missing and felt a sick, sinking feeling in the pit of his stomach. He immediately found Martha's Vineyard's airport. Officials there put him in touch with the West Tisbury Police, who relayed uh, relate his information onto the National Transportation Safety Board. It really wasn't ha- really hazy. That's the same report I got from family on the vineyard. It wasn't hazy that night. Okay, if it wasn't hazy, JFK Jr. had wor- had working instruments. There's no reason for him to have turned it all on that point of the flashlight. He knew where he was. He didn't sound either lost or in distress in the radio conversation on the ground as reported by the Boston TV News. And he was well within sight of the life of the gay head given his position on radar. Consider if a man standing on the shore to get airplane in the sky on the same approach path that JFK Jr. would have been on, 
then the airplanes in the sky on that approach could see the shore. So basically, he could see uh, the lights of the uh, Martha Jr. That's reported by that other article I read, and it wasn't hazy like the news, the weather they were, the media was lying about, which they were saying the weather was really bad, and it wasn't. And so these are some interesting things. But what I found even more interesting was uh, I got a, just a couple little emails I want to read to you real quick. I emailed them to myself, so I wouldn't lose them. But uh, I, did you know that that wasn't his plane, his regular plane that he wrecked either? I thought that was kind of weird. No, I did not know that. Yeah, it says, you know, it, it is it's a plane. You know that it is parked at the Marine Airport where the presidential heli is. His beloved father's plane did not go down. John John had bought a new plane two weeks before, so it wouldn't, so it would go down. So, so I guess these people think he faked his death. And uh, so he had actually bought a different plane than his regular plane. And so the plane that he was driving that night was a totally different plane, not the one that he had emotional ties with. And that plane is still uh-huh. flying around. All more so, evidence that. Uh... That he could be alive. I mean, he now, he did not he did not want to lose you know that plane that meant so much to him. Right now, I found two really interesting transmissions. Okay, now this is through uh, CNN. Okay, now on CNN they showed the uh, a screenshot of these transmissions, but they highlighted. Only one sentence of the whole paragraph, so that most people only just read the highlighted part, and that's the part they read during the article that I was listening, the video that I was listening to. So out of this whole paragraph, the only thing CNN said was one last transmission was heard. The pilot stated, "We're not going to make it." But if you go back and read the whole paragraph, it says during this time, Mr. Perez heard several transmissions from the pilot. That used a call sign similar to N9253N during a period of several minutes. The pilot attempted to contact Skippy. Mr. Perez believes that this may be a fixed-based operator at Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. The pilot received one response that he was and was and, uh, couldn't read it and, to Mr. Perez, or he couldn't understand it. But then the pilot responded, "I'm not trying to speak with you. I'm trying to contact the facility." Then one last transmission was heard. The pilot stated, we're not going to make it if we don't get a hold of the facility. Mr. Perez believes that the pilot may have been attempting to arrange ground transportation or fuel services. Additionally, Mr. Perez stated that his coworker also witnessed the transmission. At this point, he preferred not to release his coworker's name, but would give him an option of contacting the National Transportation Safety Board. So he's – John John's you know, calling you. Excuse me. Uh, talking to someone on Martha's Vineyard to land the plane at Martha's Vineyard, I guess uh, to drop someone off there, you know. So then it goes. Uh, there's a one more. Let me see if I can blow it up a little bit. It's a little bit hard to see it. It's pretty small. Yeah, here it goes. Subject: NYC NNMA178 Piper. So. PA32R-3000, Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. Mr. Liguati is employed at the Republic Airport, Farmingdale, New York. He referred not to release his employer's name on the night of the accident, approximately 2120 Eastern Eastern Daylight Time. He was monitoring the Unicom 
frequency 122.9 MHZ. During that time, Mr. Ligotti heard several transmissions from a pilot, but he could not remember the call sign of the airplane. During a period of approximately 10 minutes, the pilot attempted to contact someone at Martha's Vineyard and anyone monitoring at Martha's Vineyard. Mr. Ligotti further stated that the pilot's voice sounded increasingly, and I can't see the next word, and frustrated as the transmissions continued. Towards the end of the transmission, someone responded to the pilot. The pilot stated, well, if there's nobody on the ground, we're not going to make Martha's Vineyard. Mr. Ligotti did not know who responded to the pilot. So I thought that was kind of interesting. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's strange. There are so many... Wow. So many things that are just, as you said before, head scratching. They don't make sense. There's just so many things. Everything about this doesn't doesn't make sense unless you're... I, I don't know, man. I'm leaning towards he's alive. It just... It, it just don't... I'm in love with him. I want to marry him. I want him to be alive. I'm obsessed with John F. Kennedy Jr. I want him to be alive so bad. But... We are the news now. Going to have your baby. So we had to report the facts, and so let's just keep on getting them out because I got a bunch more for you. Are you ready to go down this rabbit hole? Because <laughs> it's getting deep in here. Okay, I could have probably put right. together about five days worth of work on this stuff. You know. Okay, so there's some weird stuff going on. There's there's communications that aren't really important. There's time gaps. It sounds like he's trying to land somewhere besides that airport. And he's in contact with someone, Skippy, or someone in, in Martha's Vineyard. So it, it just makes me wonder. You know, it makes me wonder. Did they did they land there and drop off? Did they get out? Did they put a, a special force guy in the airplane? Did the airplane fly black over low? Did he eject out of that seat and then have the let the plane detonate? Because yeah, uh, did, did they land a fake and black box else to distract him so they don't find the the special force guy until he's picked up because the black box isn't there. And where's the seat at? Why is there a seat missing? It sounds like someone ejected out of the airplane. If if that's a type, no one's yeah, that's about something. This. Okay. Oh, that's but one of the things. Dickens. Yeah, there's that's more. one of the things I heard that because you know what what if they did? Yeah, what if they they landed and like dropped off and took back off, and the guy that took off is the guy that ejected out of the plane and. Then let the plane blow up because, like you said, I heard I heard there were plastic explosives that were connected to an altitude detonator. Well, but there's no proof the... of that. There's no proof of that. It's just oh, I know, but, you know, but that's what I'm saying. There's there's no proof of a lot of things, but if you consider that with right. all this this other stuff, there. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff there's no proof of, but there's Oh, there's a lot of stuff, and I know that that Big Steve is foaming at the mouth to get to the key part of this story, and there is a key part. So, QAnons, hang no. on, get your popcorn, because we had forgot you yet. Oh, yeah. So, going on to the story, the JF Jr. air crash site video footage is missing, okay? So, they can't find the body. They've got this black box dinging, 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 way the hell away from it. They finally said, oh, okay, we found the bodies. They went in a little submarine, a little, little underground submarine, and found, supposedly found the bodies uh, before uh, 
one article I read said that the bodies were returned to the family for Ted Kennedy to uh, identify. Then other stories that I read said that they were rushed away immediately almost to be cremated because of their mangled shape. But the video uh, that the footage is, is missing. It is missing. That's not a conspiracy. So here's an article by Mark Riley, uh, the Herald correspondent in New York, uh, written in uh, – looks like uh, – February 12, 2001, video and photographic evidence from the site of the plane crash that killed John F. Kennedy Jr. has either been destroyed or mysteriously gone missing as family court battle looms over the accident. The U.S. Navy has conceded that it destroyed up to eight hours of video footage taken from divers recovering the bodies of Mr. Kennedy, his wife, and his wife, Carolyn Bissett, and his sister, her sister, Lauren Bissett, in the waters off the island of Martha's Vineyard in not, July 1999. At the same time, a large quantity of photographs has apparently been lost between the Navy and the organization empowered to investigate aircraft accidents and the National Transportation Safety Board, which is NTSB. The developments have given the National Transportation Safety Board. The developments have given rise to claims that the Kennedy family used its political influence to have the images destroyed before they could go to court and become publicly available. The family already endorsed frequent rebroadcasting of amateur footage of the assassination of Mr. Kennedy's father, President John F. Kennedy, in the 1963 shooting during a motorcade in Dallas. Family members did not want to suffer the same pain over John's death by being subject to constant replays of graphic footage of the recovery operation. Navy divers filled four 120-minute VHS cassettes with footage during the operation. The film included their discovery of Mr. Kennedy's body wedged from the waist down between the seat and instrumental pan uh, panel of the plane and his arms waving back and forth in the current. It also shows bodies of Mrs. Carolyn Bissett and her sister lying crushed and partially obscured from behind Mr. Kennedy. A Freedom of Information application by the United States newspaper seeking access to the film forced the Navy to concede at the weekend that it had burned the tapes out of respect for the family. However, the NTSB said that it told the Navy it did not need the footage because it had been able to recover almost all the wreckage and determine a cause of the, of the accident from that. The Bassett family's lawyers believe the videos would have been crucial to their pending court action seeking damages from Mr. Kennedy's estate. The Bassett sisters' mother, Miss Ann Freeman, and father, Mr. William Bassett, are preparing separate uh, suits based on the official findings that the deaths were caused by pilot error on Mr. Kennedy's part. The Kennedys recently offered Mrs. Freeman uh, one million or ten million dollars. No way, let me. They changed that to eighteen point six million from Mr. John F. Kennedy Jr.'s one million dollar estate. The offer was turned down. And I don't have an update to that article, but it seems a lot of speculation that there's claiming that the family members had this had this these this navy destroy documents, you know. I just something's just kind of funny. Just doesn't feel right about that. How convenient. Yeah, you. There was stay. one leaked photograph. There was one leaked photograph of them supposedly pulling out John F. And as they're pulling, how he's talking about his in this article, his arms are floating around. And that picture, the hands have been cut off that picture, that body. There's no no finger. There's no hands on that body. And that uh, photo is very hard to find. It's been uh, kind of surfacing around in the dark web for a while, and it only recently came up. 
So uh, whether it's been Photoshopped or not, I don't know. I don't have the uh, software. I don't know how to check that. But I did see the photograph, and the one I saw, it, the body had no hands whatsoever, and it didn't wasn't it didn't look all jaggedy. It looked like they were just cut off, you know, like from a cold body or something, probably, you know. Yeah, but, like uh, they just want to sever hands so you don't have fingerprints. No fingerprints. Now, as you read, uh, heard earlier that that they did the quick uh, cremations, but what the clip that I played you did not say is that President Bill Clinton was the president at this time. So not yes. only do we suspect that if he was uh, – someone was trying to kill him, it would have been Hillary Clinton for the Senate seat or Bill Clinton trying to you know, clear things up for his wife's run. But then the same family is going to order the cremation for uh, Catholics? You know, what the hell? Okay, but I did find, okay, I did find another article. I found another article. Now, in this article, it was from the lamestream media. But it had – I found about 70,000 articles talking about how Clinton ordered these cremations, right? It pissed me off because I don't like Clinton. But I did find right. one article that said that the family wanted it, them cremated and that the family wanted a burial to see, and that they said that's what John John would have wanted. But that wasn't hey, a really credible source. you know. Okay, check this out. If Would that not be the thing to do if you did indeed – uh, fake the death. If the family knew that the death was faked, they could say, and and the military. Okay, we we know that the that the Q team is a very tight uh, bunch of military guys that's working with President Trump. Okay. Surely to God, there had to be somebody because we we believe that that JFK Jr. Uh, was and or is a part of this team that has worked for decades uh, to knock the deep state out of control. Okay, so if we've got white hats in the military, and and part of the plan is to fake Jr.'s death. Would they wouldn't our our good guys at the Pentagon say, man, let's say we're just going to say uh, we had them cremated and dumped at sea, boom, we're done. Uh, no no bodies to have to deal with, and then JFK and his wife and sister-in-law slip off into their world of secrecy. But the family, if the family knows that they were faking the death, then the family would be like, yeah, go ahead and do that. You know what I mean? To me, it just even, when I first thought about it, I was like mad. I was like, have the Clinton, that dirty SOB, you know, they, they took some, some bodies, God knows where they got them from, somebody else they murdered probably, and then made it look like, you know, they could have, they could have done all this and, and put on a big production, but if a family says, yeah, we're good with cremation and dumping at sea, you know, they're good with it because they know it's it's fake. And to me, it may not carry a ton of weight, but it's just another little piece. If you keep putting this piece and that piece and that piece, they add up. And to me, they're adding up. So basically, every, you know, the whole world's thinking that John John's dead. 
But it's only later on that we find out that all these mysterious things, you know, went on with this with this flight. You know, no no flight plan, and no no uh, flight log. There was no flight log. I suppose he had an injury on his foot. He needed a flight instructor. Didn't come with him. They said that he was a, a inexperienced pilot, which that wasn't true. And let me find this one paper that I printed out. This is so tiny. I printed these papers out. I doubt if I can read it because it's like for some reason my printer was typing in the very smallest font that there is. You know. Hang on one second. Let me see if I can find this article real quick. Oh, here you go. But hold your horses on cue, okay? Hold your horses on cue. That's for a little bit later. That's for later. Okay, so here's something I found. Um, let's see if I was that. Here are some examples. Propaganda. JFK Jr. was lost. Fact. When JFK radioed controllers on the Cape, as reported on Boston TV News, to announce his approach to Martha's Vineyard, radar showed him to be just where he stated he was and at the end and at the correct altitude for approach. Propaganda. JFK Jr. was in over his head. Fact. JFK Jr.'s conversational tone on the radio reveals that he was calm. He was not disoriented. He didn't ask for directions. He didn't indicate he had any problem at all. He was clearly confident he was going to find the airport and land. Propaganda. JFK Jr. stalled the plane. Fact. The radar track shows that he was well above stall speed. Propaganda. K. Jr. went into a Deep turn and lost his horizon. Fact. There is no reason for JFK to have been in any turn at all at that point on the flight path leading to the, into the airport. He was already lined up with the main runway at Martha's Vineyard Airport. Propaganda. JFK Jr. didn't know his altitude was simply and simply flew into the ocean. Fact. The radar track shows him flying at proper altitude and then, as ABC News puts it, falling out of the sky. Propaganda. JFK Jr. lost his instruments, and that is why he couldn't handle in the dark and hazy condition. Fact. The fact that the radar was getting good data from the encoding altimeter proves his instruments were operating. Propaganda. JFK Jr. would have lost his artificial horizon if the vacuum pump failed in the aircraft. Fact. MSNBC is the only media outlet to have tried to hop this one using a self-proclaimed aviation expert. His claim is also false that there's a backup vacuum system in the in the pilot assembly of that aircraft. Propaganda. JFK Jr. was a reckless pilot. Fact. This claim was planned everywhere in the media, always attributed to an unnamed source. One reporter, Cindy Adams at the New York Post later, had cause to suspect that she had been lied to. So did Andrew Goldman at the New York Observer. Interviews with individuals directly familiar with JFK Jr.'s flying ability shown on Inside Edition confirmed that he was a highly skilled and careful pilot. Propaganda. John F. Kennedy Jr.'s wife was afraid to fly with him. Fact. Again, a story attributed to unnamed sources and again debunked by the interviews shown on Inside Edition. JFK Jr.'s wife had no problem flying with JFK Jr. and flew with him often. Propaganda. JFK Jr. only had 40 hours experience. When in fact he had 40 hours in that one aircraft, but his total experience was about 300 hours, more than enough to qualify him for a commercial pilot's license. According to FFA statistics, 300 hours made him more a more careful and safer pilot than one with 1,000 hours who is more complacent. Propaganda: The weather was hazy. Fact: The FAA issued a V 
FR weather conditions at night, and the weather report mentioned in the UPI story called for eight mile a mile visibility. One witness on shore reported that there was very little haze and that standing on the shore, he could see airplanes out over the ocean on approach to the island. So that's some pretty good information right there. I have one more. Let me read these other two proofs. It says, oh, I didn't finish that page. It says, proof that Give it to us. On the the shore. The claim is backed up not only by the weather report of eight-mile visibility, but by the weather radar image taken at about the time of the crash. This radar image is showing a haze and a fog along New York and Long Island. If this radar image were of clouds, the FFA would have declared VFR flying conditions that night, but none at all at Martha's Vineyard. On the morning after the crash, CNN reported that the weather could be ruled out as a factor in the crash. Propaganda. Martha's Vineyard is very dark and won't show through the haze. Fact. This may have been true only a few months ago. However, it's evidenced by a letter to the editor to the Martha's Vineyard Times just days after the JFK Jr. crash. New lights installed on the island. Lights that point up to the sky are so bright that they are drawing complaints for the island residents, which I read that earlier. The, and that the Kennedy family has been a target of political assassination is part of the American political landscape is a given. That cover-up surrounding the deaths of the Kennedys is also a given. That our government lies to us with the media's help is a given. That there is a good cause to assume we are being lucky yet again. Wow. Yeah. We just debunked about half the mainstream media, didn't we? <laughs> Man, he's alive. <laughs> he, I, I forgot some of the things I've heard a good deal of some of the stuff you've covered, and you know, honestly, I'd I'd forgot about a lot of it. But when I hear all this stuff together, um, I do believe he's alive. I believe that JFK Jr. is alive and well. I really do. Hey, what about the pet? I heard dog, you said dog and cat. Uh, I heard they never left them home, but they didn't make this trip. Um, one more thing before you see the pets I want to cover. Uh, was the own, and then I'll get to that one, okay? The own again, off again, beacon. So the very first night that the aircraft train JFK Jr. vanished, there were early reports of an emergency beacon being detected, but detected quite a distance from where the plane's record was actually found. From the initial UPI story, we got the following odd comment. An emergency beacon thought to belong to the plane was activated and heard by the Coast Guard in Long Island, New York at 3.40 a.m., but as the search went on, authorities seemed to discount the relevance of the beacon sign. Was another plane brought down to the area that night? If not, then the beacon has to be relative. Kirk Hartman, a spokesman for the U.S. Coast Guard's district headquarters in New Haven, Connecticut, said this morning, we received a call from our district office in Boston directing us to conduct a shoreline search off Horton Point in Long Island and sound for an emergency locating transmitting beacon. But by 10.30 a.m., the Coast Guard was no longer receiving a signal for the emergency beacon that was believed to be on Kennedy's small plane. So here we find that the beacon that has this Coast Guard ordering a search in the wrong location simply just goes away. The source of that beacon has never been identified, and for these crucial first few hours, this beacon had searchers looking in the wrong place, and then it just simply went away. So, that's weird. 
How can they say that authorities seem to discount the relevance of the beacon signal? <laughs> what the hell? Wow. Well, if it don't make sense. Whose who's beacon was it if it wasn't his? That's kind what? of important. Man, uh, yeah. You know, if you think about it, it was a kind of a trip you had uh, definitely had. Yeah, I believe if if JFK Jr. did indeed fake his death, can you imagine? You got the the black hats doing their thing, expecting uh, the plane to go down. And, and the, you know, I'm thinking as I go here, man. Okay, so the the search ones that sent out by the president till the next day. Well, wouldn't that indicate that because they're trying to kill him? He's going to delay a uh, response. He wants to make sure they're not uh, floating around out there alive. They don't want to have to shoot them when they come up on them. They they sent an de- incredibly delayed response team. I mean, my God, the son of a, a president, his plane goes down, and you wait till you've had a Saturday brunch before you send out uh, the search teams the next day, but the ones, the choppers, who would then be the choppers? Wouldn't that be the guys that knew uh, that uh, the pilot ejected out of the plane, landed in a uh, with a parachute, and had to be retrieved? I bet the helicopters were retrieving the guy that stepped in and uh, took over the flight for Junior. So what do you think about that? This is just me Baby, speculating. You know. Because that's all you can do. you got all these different pieces that don't make sense. And then, you know, that, that makes sense. I think the delay by President Clinton makes sense because he wants to make sure he's dead. They're the ones trying to kill him. And I think the... Uh, the choppers would make sense that that the guys, the white hats, and the choppers there to to retrieve whoever was in, whoever bailed out of the plane. It's definitely uh, intriguing. That's for sure. There's just like I said before, you leave here, you're going to end up scratching your head probably even more. <laughs> Some stuff we're going to be putting up here because uh, this, this rabbit hole is deep and very interesting, but it gets better. So they have these two pets, and not just any pets, but a cat and a dog. And so the dog was a, ter- a terrier named Friday, which ironically his father was killed on a Friday, so I I kind of found that weird that he named him Friday, but they said that it was named after Friday because that was the day that he would bring the dog to the office every week. And Ruby was the black cat that was Caroline's, and so they took the black cat and the dog with them every time they went to Martha's Vineyard. And there are a lot of pictures that you could actually find of them getting going to their airplane, carrying that cat carrier, and carrying their animal carriers. And so this is just kind of a not a conspiracy. That's a fact. But uh, for some reason, on this particular trip, they did not take the pets. I had heard one story story that the person that was supposed to take care of the dog and cat went back to the house and 
the animals were gone. But that was just uh, that was uh, just chatter on 8chan, and it wasn't anything I could, you know, like prove. It was just someone's, I guess. It was there was no, I couldn't verify it. But I did find an article that says that two years after JFK Jr.'s reported death, the pure breed, I don't know how to say, cannon dog, was placed in the custody of former Kennedy family aide. I don't know how to say the Spanish name, but it looks like Efigino Pinheiro. The exact site of Pinero's home has been kept a secret. So no somebody had the dog. I'm sorry? Nothing about the cat, but they did say they placed the dog two years, so probably 2001, that they supposedly placed the dog, the former Kindy family aide. But would well, not what in the world did he do for two years? I don't know. Can't find anything about it. All the links that I tried to pull up for it are all disabled. Hang out at a hotel? Wow. So all this stuff is going on. You have all these questions. You know, he just disappears. You know, we don't know about the mocking news media too much back in those days. You know, pretty much everybody believes what they hear on TV. The world's in shock because JFK Jr. is dead and Camelot's dead. We have no Q. We have no Trump. No, not really, but we did have Trump because guess what? Trump and John John were very close friends. I found a yes. video, which I didn't download for the clip, but of Donald Trump on an interview with Larry King discussing a letter that he received July 19th. It was written – it says – in the article, he says it was written July 19th. Well, supposedly – you know, the plane crash was the 16th. So how the heck was the letter dated on the 19th? Where John, John wrote Donald Trump something about his father, some kind of letter, just a little letter that he wrote him. And on the interview with Larry King, they read the little letter, and Donald Trump says, oh, I guess that's one of the last things he did before he got on that airplane was write me this letter, which just happened to be that Donald Trump stated the wrong date. Uh, you know, according to the date that he uh, read on the radio, was three days after John John was supposed to be dead. So that's another mystery. But the fact that they were really, really, really close friends is very strange. You there, Big Steve? Hello. Hello. Did you mute me? (laughs) Or did I mute me? It must have been me. There's so just, that was his home, home you know, boy. Do we have proof that JFK Jr. is alive and well and kicking and running the Q machine? Nope. No. But I'll tell you what. Uh, there's just, for me, and this is just so far, uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm sold, man. And that, this is probably where, this is where the mainstream media runs around telling people that, Q says JFK Jr.'s alive, and no, but a lot of us Q people do believe it, and I believe he's alive. I really do. The reason why a lot of people, QAnons, believe that he may be alive is two reasons. I'm not sure which which one came first, but I couldn't find the date of the R post, but um, what happened was two things. Let me see if I can find this stupid 
picture. Hang on a second. I just had it. Trying to make my way around this computer is just like impossible. Let me pull up my pictures real quick, and I'll read you the Q post, the R post. So Q post on HN, right? And all of a sudden, I think Q had been inactive for a little while, if I'm not mistaken. I may be wrong, so Q don't call me out on that, but I think Q was inactive at, the, at that time. I'm pretty sure he was because everyone's wrong. Q goes inactive for a little while. And right. this guy comes on or girl or whoever comes on to HN and posts a post, and he, he labels it R, like the Q. And he wrote. Uh, there's a picture of him and Donald Trump, of uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. and Donald Trump. And it says, in 1909, we lost everything. My father caught on. First the Bilderbergs, then he caught on the NS, NASA. He demanded to know who the Greys were and why they were here. They killed him. I strategically staged my own death, allied with the one person in this world whom I knew was honorable enough to trust, and we began to build the plan. Penance is coming. Regardless of what you think, you're not yet awake. You do not know how deep this goes. If you knew, you could not sleep. Many of you could never go on. You need each other. You need every one of you. Learn to play nice with each other or be left behind. If one stumbles, pick him up. If one asks the questions, give them the answer. This is how we grow. There is no more room in the plan for arrogance and self-importance. If you turn one away, you've hurt the plan. If you hurt the plan, you'll be left behind. We are watching. We see it all. There are no secrets. You would never believe the files kept on every one of you. For that matter, you would never believe where they are kept. Prepare for the next phase. Prepare each other. You are one, and where we go one, we go all. R. So this R post came up on 8chan, and the anons went nuts, okay? They're like, what the hell is going on? So they're thinking, that's John F. Kennedy. That's John F. Kennedy Jr. Maybe he's alive. Well, also, on April 8th, 2018, Q comes on and makes post a post. Uh, and this one, this is actually a repost. Uh, it's 1083, and it, it reposts the post like uh, called 1082. And 1082 is also on for of April 8th, 2018. And it says, uh, POTUS and JFK Jr. relationship, plane crash, 1999. Hillary Rodden Clinton Senate 2000, the start. Enjoy the show, Q. And underneath that, for post 1083, he says, SIG intercept. And he has a link that goes to CIA government library reading room docs, and I'll put that up in a minute. O to new, as the world turns, Q. So not only does he talk about the plane crash, about John F. Kennedy Jr. and Potus's relationship, and that being the start of the plan. He also adds this link that I'm pulling up right now that's uh, dated January 17th, 1956, Chief uh, Collection Staff, Executive Officer of the Earth Satellite Program. An agency decision has been reached establishing OSI as the focal point on Earth Satellite Program. The AD has directed the staff supervision of the program will be the responsibility of the DAD slash C with substantial Substantive responsibility assigned to guided missiles. Accordingly, action on the attached letter to Mr. Dulles is assigned to collection staff. It is suggested that Mr. Pernis be contacted immediately and arrangement made for office representatives to attend tomorrow's meeting. There are some parts on here that are blocked out, and there's reference in Smart Top Secret. And there's also references to Executive Order 
13526, 3.5C. Uh, that's listed twice. And then Executive Order 13526, 3.3B1, and it's greater than 25 years. And so what that meant or what he was trying to send us to, I'm not really sure, but this was released, approved uh, this confidential uh, letter uh, September 7th in 2017. So up until then, it had been sealed, and we had no access to that. So when Q went on the board and started posting about you know JFK Jr., well, he also put Ask the World Turns on there. Now, for some of y'all who don't know that, what that actually meant is that uh, uh, whenever John F. Kennedy Sr. was killed, the TV program, a TV program was, you know, we didn't have that many channels back then. That was inter- it was interrupted by the National News Bulletin that JFK uh, Sr. had been assassinated, and Walter Cronkite came on. But the show was As the World Turns, and that was interrupted. For Walter Cronkite making this announcement, so the "Ask the World Turn" is, I guess, alluding to uh, you know they're, they're interrupting that that channel to, to announce that JFK Senior had been killed. So you know you got the Arpos talking about Junior, you've got Sam saying he faked his own death, you've got Hugh coming on saying that this all started their relationship and this is when the plan started. And so the Anahans go nuts, including myself. I, I'm not as nuts on it now as I was. I was absolutely 100% convinced that John John was alive. And now I'm not – I don't know. I don't know anymore. Um, I just don't know. But, uh, but yeah, at first I was just like, oh, my God, he's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Because I interpreted 1083, 1082 as saying that he was alive, you know, that this was the start of the show, you know. That he had, I interpreted it like he had faked his own death, and this was the beginning of the plan. But that's really not what it says. It says there was a plane crash. You know. Right. And basically, it's I guess it's how you interpret it. And so we got all these anons going psycho, like, "Oh, he's alive! He's alive!" You know, because it's exciting. You know, it's very exciting. I mean, I went on uh, Resistance Radio. I hadn't been on the air in about a month, and I went on there and announced to the world, he's alive. I bet my life on it. He's alive. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, I guarantee I bet my life on it. I know he is. I've done too much research. He is alive. You know, Because, I mean, some of this evidence is pretty compelling that he is alive. You know, And one thing that is for sure, that is 100% sure, is that we can't prove that he's dead. So at this point, I'm not going to say right. John's alive, but what I can say is that you cannot prove he's dead. Yeah, no body, no nothing. I mean, no no photos. I mean, this he's alive, man. <laughs> I, I'm I'm taking your place where you were a while back on resistance. I'm telling you, he's alive. There's just too many so-called coincidences uh, for him not to be. In my, I believe that. I really, really believe that. My God, they're just everything. Yeah. The yeah. planes, it's, it's, the it's pets. Well, then this guy starts showing up, and he starts showing up at these rallies, and his name's Vincent Fusca, okay? And when decoded, Vincent Fusca means conquers darkness. And supposedly he's some guy, I think from Pennsylvania, that rides around in this van that has right. stickers all over the van. And 
Trump he's been strategically placed in many, many Trump rallies right behind Donald Trump. And Donald Trump appears to turn around and engage with him and talk to him or not return him or wave at him and make signals to him. And I've studied their body language between the two of them. And Trump kind of looks to me like he's addressing him and smiling at him and excited to see him. So it kind of looks like he, he's, he likes this guy, you know. Well, you know, Fusca appears. He's got a fedora hat on like JFK senior war. He uh, – he has like a handkerchief in his pocket that's a flag that's upside down, like showing the sign of the international sign of distress, you know. And he's got this wife with him who I have to admit the most damning evidence of every single thing that I've studied. The one thing that cannot be debunked is that lady looks just exactly like his wife. She looks exactly like his wife. I I looked at that picture so many times, and I swear to God, it looks just like his wife. Have you noticed that? It looks just like her, right? Yeah, I've seen pictures of it. It seems like they would have computer – they could use computers to uh, figure out whether it's him yeah. or not. One of the, uh, one of the guys uh, on A-Chan had, had said he was a dentist, and he went and described the teeth and the different shape of the teeth with the fancy dental names. And, and from the videos that he saw, he said no doubt about it that it's absolutely her. But then again, this is some anonymous person saying he's a dentist. You know, we don't know that he is. You know, it's HN. So right. this guy, he's like, oh my God, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's it's JFK Jr. and he's you know he's dressing up as Vincent Fusca. The problem is, is Vincent Fusca. He doesn't look like JFK Jr. That's the problem. He doesn't look like him. He's dark complected, more more olive complected than JFK Jr. was. He's you know got bushy hair. His nose doesn't seem to fit. His lips are look a lot bigger, way, way bigger than JFK. Juniors did, and as you know, as we get older, our lips get thinner, not thicker, you know? And so when I look at those pictures, I just don't see it. I don't see that Vincent Fisca is is him. I don't see it. But there's some people in the I don't crowd. see that either, but if if it was, they would alter his appearance greatly. You know that. So That's true. That's true. Now, but I you know, I, I read that JFK was like six one or six two, and this guy doesn't look near as tall. I've seen like pictures where it almost looks like there's two different fuscas. It almost looks like there's a taller one and a shorter one, but it's hard to say. You know, it's really hard to say. I'm just not buying the whole Vincent Fusca thing. But he does have a he looks more like, like, a, like a, he talks funny. He has that uh, Yankee, accent, that Pennsylvania accent. But I was right. listening to some videos of interviews after JFK supposedly died, and one of them was a really good friend of his. And he was talking about how JFK, how John John was real funny, how people didn't know he was funny, and how he loved to do different voices, and that he could do Arnold Schwarzenegger perfect, but that no one ever knew how, how many voices he did and how good he was at doing these voices. So after hearing that video and then listening to Vincent Fisca, well, I was like, well, that wouldn't be that big of a stretch because if he did voices, he could do. He lived in New York, you know. I'm sure he could do Pennsylvania accents pretty good, you know. Oh, he grew yeah. up in that area. Oh. So yeah, so I was like, eh, well, I don't know, but he just doesn't look like him to me. But uh, the guy never comes out and says, "Hey, I'm not him," you know. And he does stand like him. He stands like him. He has the same posturing. He holds his hands the same as JFK Jr. did. But uh, weirdly enough, in the crowd, there's a there's a lady who's supposedly his wife. Uh, the people – and also pointed out uh, another lady who looks very creepily like Lord Bissett. Now, you have to remember, it's 20 years. 
So John John disappeared at 38. He would have been 58, 59 years old. You know, so these people are getting on older. They're hitting, fixing to be hitting 60, you know, around 60 area. So, of course, they're not going to look the right. same. I don't look like I did. I modeled back, back in my day. You know, I don't look like it now. But there's also some pictures in this crowd that Anon's have been pointing out of this boy and this teenage boy and teenage girl who they think may be John F. Kennedy's son and daughter. And I have to agree with them. It looks very much like when I look at this kid, I can see it looks just like John, uh, President Kennedy to me. It looks just like him. And the girl, the little girl, to me, when I look at her, all I can see is Jack, is Jacqueline Onesis. To me, she looks just like her. And so I'm like, wow, that's really creepy because they really look like I can see this being their kid, you know. But there's also one other guy in the crowd that's been sitting by John Fusca, and his name is Anthony – now my handwriting is horrible – Radziwill, R-A-D-Z-I-W-I-L-L. Supposedly, this was John John's very best friend, his BFF. And guess what? Supposedly, he died of cancer less than one month after John John supposedly crashed. So John John's date of his death is 716. And Anthony's just eight ten. So, you know. Wow. He's he's appears to be one of the. If this is true, then he's probably alive. Because there's pictures that look well pretty creepily like him in this crowd. Uh, they're all sitting around like a little circle, and uh, behind behind Donald Trump. And when you look at the pictures, it's like, wow, you know, are they alive? You know, what's up with this? So. I was I was bought into this. I was like, oh my God, they're alive! I, you know, I bet my life on it. They're alive. Camelot lives. I love you, John. John, marry me. <laughs> so I love this guy. I mean, for six months I've researched this guy. For six months I've listened to every single tape that he ever, every interview he did, all of his writings, you know, all of his speeches, and studied him every little detail about John. John, and I got the feeling like I really knew him, and. I uh, just kind of fell in love, really did, just fall in love with this guy, you know, and I want him to Have be alive so much, so I really, Have yeah, I really bought into this. this theory. But then the QAnons started doing some weird stuff, some of the QAnons, all the QAnons, but some of the QAnons started doing some weird stuff that has actually, in my opinion, caused problems in the QAnon movement. And so, uh, and that we're going to get into that because there's some very interesting stuff that we still haven't discussed, including some more key drops, the famous bell that supposedly where we go when we go all, his daddy's gravesite, and why people think that it's cute. And I am going to first let y'all steal the information we gave you while we take a short break, and we're going to be playing a couple of songs, and then we'll be right back. We are going to play some songs if I can find them. I really wish I wouldn't have lost my glasses. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> I can't see anything. It's really bad. Okay, here we go. We're going to take a quick break. This is by J.T. Wild, and it's where we go when we go all, or WWG1WGA, which is also our URL at Blog Talk. So if you can't remember Hurricane Ann, her, spelled like a girl, H-E-R-A-C-A-N-E-A-N-N-E, and with the E, dot com so hurricane dot com you can also go to blogtalkradio.com slash wwg one wga for where we go when we go off we got the coolest URL on blog talk
They call us deplorable And we love the name They got the bodies in the dirt And need someone to blame Got a pension for greed And money to spare They put the dollars in the coffers And the lives in the air Well, we go one We go all I won't push you down You won't let me fall One day for sure We will stand tall Well, we go one we are the patriots, trust the plan because we have it all and the fate is in our hands. Had a reason to fool us, but we didn't take the bait. They want to take us to hell, but we got guns in the JFK Jr., is he dead or alive? Hurricane Ann, my hostess with the mostess. Are you back with us? I'm back. And I love Yay. the music. Hi, everyone. It sounds awesome. Thank you, Kai, for the intro. Uh, yes, perfect. sir. He's going to get some more, too, so I can't wait till he gets that done. So getting back to the story, so we've got Vincent Fusca appearing. You know, people like me are just, I'm, man, I'm into this. You know, I, I'm literally, I, I don't watch the news. I don't watch TV. I don't even talk to my friends. I don't even get on Facebook. I am on this John Fusca 24-7 on YouTube. Everything I can find about it, I am obsessed. I go to bed at night listening to this stuff, you know, and so I was just like on it. I was, like I said, so convinced that Vincent Fusca was JFK Jr. Even though he didn't look like him, I was still convinced. 
but that was him. So he looked like uh, he is, JFK Jr. and Robert De Niro had a kid. <laughs> so he's yeah. they're directly behind Trump, and you know nobody just gets behind Trump. You know he's got a VIP tag. You know he's it appears there's bodyguards sitting beside him. So you know you don't just sit behind Trump at a rally. You're strategically placed, especially where they're always placed at. Okay. Now what Anon's noticed that. John, uh, Vincent Fusca keeps holding up the sign, and one rally says, Women for Trump. And on it in black marker, it says, Ruby Cute, C U T E. And everybody's just psycho because why? Because Carolyn's cat's name was Ruby. Now, I didn't know if the cat's name was Ruby Cute or just Ruby, but all I could find was it was Ruby. I thought for a while there that maybe Cute was the dog's name, but Friday is the dog's name. Now, it was Cute. The middle name for the cat it could have been – could have called her Ruby Cute because I call her my dog Ivanka Melania, or sometimes I call her Sweet Pea. So you have different nicknames for your animals, like our cat Little Bit. Her name's Little Bit. We originally named her uh, Bonnie because there was a Clyde, but he died, so we kind of think that's bad luck. But we call her Little Bit Little Bit, but we also call her Cankles because when she got sick, she gained about 15 pounds, and she has big old giant Cankles now. So we call her Biscuit Bud or Cankles or you know Butterball. Yeah. You know, sometimes you call your name, your pet different names. So I could see them saying Ruby Cute, you know, Ruby Cute, here, kitty, kitty, come here, Ruby Cute. You know, I could see that. But I don't know. We don't well, know. I do got, know that it is uh, kind of weird of all the names in the world that he has Ruby, her cat's name, on that sign. You know? So people are yeah, going I on and they're trying to figure out what Ruby Cute is. But did you ever hear about the software program? Because a lot of people are saying that Ruby Cute is a computer programming term, which means that one set of code overtakes another set of codes by infiltrating it and then devouring it and rendering it useless with a new changed outcome. So I was like, what does that mean? I started picturing like a Pac-Man board, and you've got your little dots on there, so that would be like the old code. Then all of a sudden, in that middle trap door, here pops one of those little – yeah, those little monsters, you know, on <laughs> Pac-Man, little Pac-Man monsters. They pop in there. They've infiltrated, right. infiltrated the computer, and then it's like they eat those little dots like they're eating the old code, except just pretend like they're dropping down new codes, you know, that's their own codes. That would be kind of what that's saying. So is, does it mean that they have a software program called RubyCute? I don't know. I, I don't know. I really – couldn't find that much about it on my research. I mean, I only found one or two posts talking about this is what this Ruby Cute computer programming term was, but I couldn't find any definite information about this Ruby Cute. You know, what does Ruby Cute mean? Who is Ruby Cute? Why are you writing Ruby Cute on your sign? Tell us, Vincent, before I throw punch you. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> well, there's, so what do you there's think, something Ruby? else that could be accidents, or or is it? Um, it's probably a code message to somebody. And so then um, people are saying that the uh, that the uh, where we go one, we go all that was signed by R on his post on HN that uh, that came off the bell that was on the boat of the Honey Fitz, which was JFK Seniors. Boat, so they were, and I believe this. I thought this was true, but thanks to Daddy Kyle Irvin, he set me straight, and I did some research on it today. And no, 
it wasn't uh, actually. Um, I can't find if it is. I can't find any information. Any pictures that I can find of that boat do not say that. But in the movie, by uh, what's that guy's name? Scott Free, called White Squall. There's that bell on this movie, and on in the movie, this bell says where you go, where we go when we go off. Now, why am I bringing up this Scott Free and White Squall? Well, let me go to the keyboard, which, by the way, it's QMap.pub for you people that are interested. So on QMap.pub, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to search for Q number 2565 and hit search. He has over 3,000 drops now. And Q wrote on 2565. How many clues proofs until the fake news media wakes up? 2565. Scott free equals for we go one, we go all. Q zero plus equals Q plus. At what point do they wake up? So he leads us to Scott Free Production, which is Scott Free Productions. And Scott Free Productions made this movie called White Squall. And in the movie White Squall, uh, this bell that's in the movie has the where we go one, we go all. Okay, I haven't watched the movie yet, but uh, I think that the POTUS uh, also – I believe this is one of the key proofs. I didn't even write this in my notes, but while I'm thinking about it, let me pull up the Twitter uh, post it. POTUS had actually posted a post after that that said Scott – like he was you know, making another key proof to that, uh, and it's not pulling it up. But if you go to Twitter, you will find a uh, one of uh, one of Trump's posts. He wrote, wrote in there, and he, he spelt it weird. It said "Scott Free" as part of the text in it, which seemed like it was alluding to, you know, the key post, the key drop, because a lot of times they match up, you know. And so right. when I look at that, I'm kind of like, well, what's he trying to tell us, you know? Uh, you know what? What is he? You know what, what? What is he? What is this? What is the purpose of posting this? You know, well then I want go ahead and go to, so that's twenty five sixty five on the key drops. But if you go to twenty five sixty seven, okay, let me pull it up. And don't be stupid, computer. It's just worldwide radio. No reason to skip here because it won't. My computer won't work. And my computer's froze up. Great. And by the way, there's there's people listening right now that don't know what Q is. And just a quick um, intro, like what we're talking about, Q is an information source. It's basically a drop source. It's not a person. It's a team. And how it ties in, it ties in many, yes, many I... ways with JFK Jr. Uh, but... Uh, a lot of the speculation is that he's in the middle of it. He's, he's the heart and soul of it. But anyway, whether but he is or not. Saying. That's not what Q is saying, though. Q is saying just the opposite. Because on his post, 2567, he posts, uh, uh, Scott Free, it looks like a greater than sign, where we go when we go question, uh, uh, explanation mark, explanation mark, explanation mark. He's trying to get our attention. And then he says, Air Force One co-change, Q-O 
plus Q plus. Q slash POTUS Twitter, zero Delta exchanges. And it goes on to say, fake news coordinated tax, and then in the kill box it says, uh, number two, only to POTUS. How do you how do you safely and securely communicate through a back channel with the public and bypass the fake news media? How do you do it safely and securely and communicate without breaking the law and violate national security? You add multiple layers of coincidences, which mathematically prove legitimacy, standard deviation. At what point do people wake up? So that this is Scott Free, so that's that movie I was telling you about. And uh, where we go one, we go all, which is on the bell in the movie. And then he puts the uh, Air Force One code change dash Q zero Q plus. Well, let me give you some background on that. What happened was Donald Trump was in Air Force One, and Air Force One had a code, you know, for the flight, and they changed the code flight. They changed it, and they changed it to Q O, and then Q goes in post. What's underneath the zero when you dial? Well, if, so everybody grabs their phone and looks at their phone. And when you look at the phone, I know you already didn't look at your phone, right? You see the zero. Right in the zero is what? A plus. So sometimes uh, we think some of the Q uh, posts are actually signed to Q plus. And many of us, including myself, believe that Q plus is actually Donald Trump. And he's part of this Q team. So I think – and when I read this, I, I'm thinking that he said, hey, you're on the wrong track with the junior who's – on the Q team, it's POTUS. That's how I interpret this. I'm not a researcher, but the more I look at this, the more what, what point do people wake up? You know, how do you bypass the the fake news? How do you you know go around without breaking national security? You know, that's all referring to POTUS. You know, because POTUS is the only one that would safely and secure have to communicate without breaking the law and violating national security. That can only be POTUS. And so when I read that, I lean towards thinking that he's saying, hey. JFK Jr. is not who we're talking about. We're talking about because the where we go one, we go all. That's clearly an emphasis towards the R post, in my opinion. But do you see where I'm coming from that on Steve from that different angle? Yeah. Did I totally debunking you here? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, he sounds sad. Are you sad? I'm sorry. You okay? Big Steve. Big Steve, are you there? May have lost Big Steve. Let's go see if he's online. Nope, he's still online. Big Steve, are you there? I think you're muted because I can't hear you talking. Hello? Well, I guess he will get back as soon as he unmutes his phone. Um, he may have lost power, but it's not showing that he's off the air. But anyways, um, so yeah, 2667, Scott Free, where we go when we go all, Air Force code change. So, you know, this, like I said, goes to explain why Trump is using this as a back channel without breaking national security. So is John John alive, or is he telling us that he's not alive? We don't know. Big Steve, are you there? I can't do this without you. Answer. Hello. Do not know where he's at. Hello, Big Steve. You there? Hello. There you are. I'm here. You have to take a moment to compose yourself there because I upset you. 
with that drop. With that drop. Yeah. No, I had no signal. I could hear you. Because you're a hillbilly up in the mountains. <laughs> so, anyways, that's Wouldn't a pretty damning looking, uh, kind of like, I'm not saying it's damning, but it's not pointing towards, uh, you know, it's not really indicating anything with the, where we go when we go all, which is obviously the post to being Vincent Fusca, okay? I don't think. And that's just my opinion. But, I mean, uh, Q has said in many posts that disinformation is important. So I was like, I don't care. He's still alive. Q has to say that. But uh, I was going to record this uh, Q&A, and I didn't do it today. But there was uh, – Q went on the HN and did a Q&A, and people were asking him questions like, is Seth Rich dead? He said no. Did, did NASA really land on the moon? He said yes. And uh, they said, is John F. Kennedy Jr. dead? And he said yes. And I was – Devastated when I saw that. I was actually on the boards when it happened, and I felt like I was in a, like literally a state of mourning for a while. You know that was very, very, very upsetting. That Q actually said that JFK Jr. was not alive, but then everybody's like, "Well, what can he say?" You know, there is no he can't say yes because it could endanger him. But I mean, if Vincent Fusa is him and he's marching around, he's already endangering himself by being in the public, right? Right. So this started a bunch of stuff in the Q movement because now you have people who say, you know, you have to go by what Q says, like Kai, and then you have people like me who says, well, sometimes disinformation is important. Q says no, that. No, so Q says Q says flat out disinformation is necessary, and I've said a thousand times there's only one way for Q to answer that question, and that if he's asked if JFK Jr. is alive. There's only one way he can answer it, and that's no. If he's alive, he's got to say no. If he's dead, he's going to say no. He cannot sit there and say, yes, he's alive, if he's indeed alive and working behind the scenes with this. So, You know, alluding to him, like uh, on uh, one of his posts in July, he had actually posted, uh, look here or here or there, the tree that's behind you. Well, this is apparently a reference to the very last interview that JFK Jr. did with Katie Couric, where he says the exact same words, you know? So then again, that's alluding to JFK. Why does he keep putting JFK Jr., you know, alluding to all this stuff if he's, uh, if he's uh, you know, not not alive? Right. So that's where, you know, it just is so confusing. Well, if it wasn't confusing enough, and just when you think, well, maybe he is dead, maybe he's not part of the Q team, maybe maybe he is part of the Q team, then you go Google Earth JFK, his dad's gravesite in Arlington Cemetery, and as you Google Earth it and start going down on it, it's a Q. Don't you think that's a little weird? That's very weird, right? It is weird. It is a and it just keeps getting weirder because on on the when they had that cremation and uh, threw their ashes out to the sea, guess how many guests were on the boat for the funeral? Seventeen. And what is Q? The seventeenth letter of the alphabet. So it's just so many coincidences like this, you know, that just just keep pointing back to Q. Like you said earlier, it's just he's all in this Q post, you know. So 
I don't know if I'm coming or going, you know. I want to believe he's right. alive. I really, really do. The problem is now is that apparently there's a bunch of controlled op come in, specifically to Twitter, and they started this JFK Jr. He's alive stuff, okay? And I, I went back to Twitter. I haven't been on Twitter in years, and I went back to Twitter just because of that, just to get this information from these people that were doing all this research on John F. Kennedy Jr. And that, that's the only reason I went back to Twitter. But these people, it's like a chick named Dixie Doodle 12 and uh, some, some other one of her friends, the Santa Claus of the U.S., and what they did was uh, they started attacking these all these uh, YouTubers that we follow, like in the Matrix, in Corticon, uh, or the Joe M who does the videos that we are the clips that we always play from the videos um, of the the Great Awakening. Which, by the way, a lot of people think that is JFK Jr. the Joe M because his voice sounds like him. They started attacking all these people. They're calling them shills. They're calling them fake triads and. Uh, Patriots spelled like P-A-Y, Patriots, and trying to get everyone on Twitter to not follow them, saying that they're frauds and they're fakes, and just causing a lot of problems in the QAnon movement. And what it's done is it's caused a lot of QAnon supporters to look really bad on the JFK Jr. as alive people. And so it's actually a really big deal. It's, it's a really big deal within this movement, within the Q movement, where controlled opposites come in and seeded just blunt hatred and division within the group, trying to get people not to follow this person or follow that person or follow this person. It's a lot of drama, but that is you know controlled op at its finest, you know. And so I've been sitting there just watching this every single day, going on and going on and going on, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, if Q's not real, you know. Then why are you even doing this? And if you really believe that JFK Jr. is alive, then why don't you stick to the facts instead of adding all this other crap? Well, the other crap I'm talking about is everybody they see now they think is JFK Jr. Okay, so there's this one bodyguard that walks around Melania, and the president. He's got like it looks like he has a bald, a bald, fake bald thing on his head. Is what it looks like, and it does kind of look like JFK Jr. I can kind of see it. And uh, I thought, well, that would be pretty brilliant if he was a Secret Service guy walking around in the wide open, you know, taunting him, trolling the left. Where where else would he be safer, you know, than right there with POTUS, you know? Then there's right. another guy who, uh, uh, oh, there's just so many people that they see and they go, this is JFK Jr. This is this is a Santa Claus at the at the, you know, so and so, and this Santa Claus is JFK Jr. and his wife in disguise. And, Oh, look, we saw him again. You know, here he is again. Uh, it's so-and-so. You know, this is definitely him in disguise. Here he is with the mask on surfboarding. This is definitely him. Well, by him, them, some of these pictures they put are absurd, okay? They're absolutely absurd. And it makes the or the JFK, you know, people look kind of nutsos, you know? And it has caught – and these people have caused a lot of division within the QAnon movement. And so then it's kind of like if you are a JFK alive person, you kind of don't want to admit it because you know it's like there's two teams on Twitter and, and you're gonna get stuck in the middle and get blocked by some, you know. So right. uh, it's really weird what's happening within these groups, you know. Have you seen any of that stuff going on? No, what's that with the news group? Yeah. 
But I mean, what going on with the news group? These Twitter people, you know, they're all fighting within themselves. They're always just horrible. Uh, just, yeah, and they're this. They're they're trying to beat Q down now. First, it was like, don't nobody talk about it. Don't talk about it because if you talk about it, people will get curious. And they're just they're they're finally starting to dog you so you know calling it this have you you familiar with this guy ben collins i think he's from msnbc ben collins he's a Uh, he's he's a deep state he is seems to be spearheading the attack on q which you know i mean that shows how far q is growing for them to finally, you know, try to put it down and say negative things about it. And, I mean, he just was saying the most ridiculous stuff um, and, you know, making it, you know, like facts that that Junior is alive. And, you know, he, they did, he did mention Hillary eating babies on MSNBC. And... I was kind of shocked that he mentioned that. Especially yeah, this is easy tonight, by the way. <laughs> We're not over tonight. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I don't I don't think I've... It sounds like a good guy, though. I need to listen to him, you know? I did find something really weird about this Joe M., the one that we've been uh, film, uh, putting all the clips on for The Great Awakening. In that book that your right. girlfriend... Uh, Plural McAllister read a chapter in. My uh, girlfriend. Linda, Linda, Linda Paris. Yeah. Yeah, I wish. I know, right? Well, they wrote that book called The Invitation to the Great Awakening by Where We Go One, We Go All, about QAnon. And all these different YouTubers uh, wrote chapters in it, and Joe M. did also. And I noticed that in the book on page 10, it says about the author, and it says Joe M. Joe M. agreed to contribute to this publication but elected not to participate in any royalty or payment now or in the future. Joe M. has made personal choice not to monetize his platform until the war is over. The Fed wow. is dead. Go back our dollar, and our republic is 100% debt-free. When I read that, I was like, wait a minute. Where have I seen this before? Why does that look so familiar? And then I remembered this website that I was getting a lot of my information for, which is like 117 pages long. So it may take me a minute to find it, but it should be right here. I remember reading – here it is. JFK knew – so the dad, right? Knew that printing of money by the Federal Reserve, a privately owned corporation that is actual private owners, was a total fraud and theft from we the people. Inflation is a theft of 2% of our savings per year. Add that to intentional stock market crashes and illegal commodity price fixing, and you can quickly discover that the powers that be are actually take, taxing us up into the 70 to 80% of every penny we make our entire lives. And so I was like, well, that's really weird. You know, that this people that think his voice really does sound like John Kennedy, John, not John Don. It really does, just Joey M. And uh, some of his posts and stuff, I just. I kind of get the vibe that he is, you know, but that'd be kind of crazy. But I thought well, that's kind of weird that JFK Jr. felt this way about the Fed, and here Joe M. is re- refusing to take any money until the Fed is fixed, you know. And I thought that was kind of cool in that book. It just kind of caught my attention. It's another 
JFK Jr. thing, you know, connection. Why don't right? you tell folks about the book? I wish you would, where they can order okay. it. So the book is $17, which there's your 17 again. Uh, it's uh, called QAnon, an invitation, The Great Awakening by WWG1WGA, which is also our URL for blog talk. And on the back cover, it says, Q, it's time to wake up. Q is real. Q has insider knowledge. Q knows what will make the news, sometimes months before it happens. Q offers more truth than fake news from the mainstream media. Q is fighting on the right side of the war against the deep state. Q is feared and attacked by the mainstream media. Q says they don't need to attack someone who is a conspiracy, as they claim Q is. Q is a movement bringing people together. Q is winning. This is a book about QAnon and the emergence of the Great Awakening, a history-making episode in, Amer- in the American story. It is written by those who know more about Q than the mainstream media ever will. QAnon followers, decoders, and citizen journalists who have reported on Q nearly daily for over a year. They, along with Q, want to warn you about the unimaginable levels of corruption and evil that have surrounded us for years. And the plan to save the world. These are the people who tell the truth and won't hear – you won't hear anywhere else. Where we go one, we go all and it's really interesting. I haven't completed it yet, but I, I ordered mine on Amazon, and I love it. So, uh, but this is some interesting stuff, and I'll tell you, it just I want it, I wanted to be alive. I wanted to be alive. You know, when I read that post 1083, POTUS and JFK Jr. relationship, plane crash, Hillary Clinton, uh, 1999, Hillary Clinton Senate 2000, the start. To me, when I read that, to me, the start means the start of the plan, you know, the start of, uh, you know, Trump and and JFK Jr., you know, conspiring to take down the deep state and planning with like these Navy SEALs and generals and and the uh, alliance to take down the deep state, you know, and gathering intel with the NSA and, and, and bringing these people down, which I really believe they are fixing to bring them down. But then whenever I, you know, read some of these Stuff like the Q&A where he says he's dead, where it's almost like he's been screaming at us on that one post where he says, you know, Q put his Twitter zero, Delta changes. <laughs> I have Air Force One code change, QO, Q plus, you know, it's kind of like during that where we go one, we go all in it. It's kind of like, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know. So what, so you still think he's alive? Even after yeah, all of this? Man, there's just too much stuff. There's too much crazy stuff that happened. And like you said, did, nobody can prove he's dead. Well, for to no. to be in that situation, for, for three people to be dead, and you can't prove a one of them is dead, and you look at all the things that led up to it. I mean, it sounds just exactly what, you know, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like they faked his death. It does. You know, I hope it's true. I really hope it's true. Why, how would all that stuff make sense? It, you know, and again, when the Pentagon got involved, I believe, I believe that was White Hats, not Clinton. I, I believe that, that they got involved in that and did, and, were responsible for the whole burial at sea and all that. Uh, JFK was a Navy man, and you know they were probably just like, "Hey, we'll we'll say we buried them at sea." So uh, 
when this happens, that's that's what's going to go down. And the family, if they're not really doing it, keep that in mind. If they're not really um, dumping them at sea after being cremated, then wouldn't the, the family's a lot more likely to be okay with, oh, you're not really going to do it? Sure. You go ahead and say that. And so they're, they're cremated, and the autopsies in four hours, cremation and dumped at sea all in the same day. Uh, no, it don't make sense. And I, at first I was thinking the Jim Clintons, you know, thinking about them. And now that I think about it, it's, man, that was a good guys out there faking that funeral at sea. Yeah. And God but only knows. Somebody explain why the British was missing, you know? Another reason I think the Finnegan should have been missing was, or say that they went in all in and, and Clinton was saying that they were dead, or they, they thought that they had blown them up in an air, airplane, you know, the airplane had blown up. So let's say that Clinton thought, okay, you know, we're going to set this bomb, yeah. we're going to blow them the hell up, right? And the bomb goes off, they're like, hey, he's dead, Woo-hoo, we killed him, all right, just sending our way. So they go out, they search, they search, they search. But the body that they pull out of the airplane, all right, check this out. So before he died, all of a sudden, he's doing his photo shoot, right, JFK Jr. I'm going back to the airplane crash with this. Let me go to the backstory. I'm trying to pull up the page real quick. Okay, so uh, he went and did a modeling job, and uh, or I guess uh, I think maybe an ex-girlfriend had posted them, and they were they were they were just pretty much. Uh, I don't think they were printed at the time of his death, but I'm not sure. But it says newly released photos taken during a secret. Like Photoshop have just been released depicting J- JFK Jr. with a dagger tattoo on his arm. And I always thought this dagger was kind of like had something to do with it. So on his right arm, there's this dagger, and it looks like it's going through a Z, like a Z, the letter Z. But the Z has like a little curly things on the ends of each Z, you know, at the front and the end of the Z. So it's kind of fancy. And and the dagger stabbing through a Z, and it's on his, it's all the way down on on the top of his arm. So I was like wondering, you know, when did he get this tattoo? You know, I haven't seen tattoos in all these other ones without his shirt on. So it had to have been not long before he died. One article that I found out of like five million said it was a fake tattoo, but that didn't that doesn't mean anything. Cause that was close to way after his death, and it could have damage control, you know, fake media. Right. But I'm like thinking, what if they pull the bodies out? And they're like, oh, we got you. And then they see, oh, this body didn't have a dagger tattoo. That's not him. We screwed up. We blew up. The, we blew it up. We blew it up. But <laughs> it's like, oh, cremate him, you know. I mean, I can kind of see where that tattoo could have maybe been an issue, you know. Right. I just they, um... think, as soon as I saw the tattoo, I thought, man, it's got something to do with this, you know. Wow. And then you always know. see these pictures with, uh, with you know, uh, with JFK Jr. The Tiffany blue color, the, the Tiffany blue box. Um, you hear about this a lot because the ashes on that Navy boat that were supposedly him and his wives and, and the sister-in-laws were they had put the ashes in a Tiffany blue box, and when Donald Trump got elected president. After inauguration, him and Melania went up to the White House, and she handed Melania, uh, Michelle Mancello 
a uh, Tiffany blue box. And Mancello looked like you had thrown water, uh, holy water on a vampire. You know, I mean, she just like, you know, she just was like repulsed. If you watch the videos, you'll see what I'm talking about. And then a few months ago, she did a uh, not one of these uh, weirdos that do these uh, night TVs. What do you call them? Like the like Johnny Carson show, but the new people. I don't watch any of them. Any of their night shows. shows. Yeah, late night shows. I don't watch them. Well, she was on one of those. I just happened to see this one because my roommate had it on. And uh, Michelle Obama was talking, and she uh, uh, when I walked in, I was like, "Oh, I already seen this. This is a rerun. Why would they put a rerun on here?" You know. But I had already saw saw that, and I'd also seen an article about that particular uh, interview that she did, where she had tried to lure the audience in by talking about the Tiffany Blue Box, but the audience kind of. Food in the background. They didn't go for it because she was trying to make like, oh, that was today. Today we had to leave the White House. Today my babies had well, her babies were grown. Okay, today my babies had to finish their slumber party so we could leave the White House and leave our home. You know, for us we had to leave the White House. That was the day that you know the Tiffany blue box. It's like really, lady. You know, why would you act that way about someone just giving you a little gift? You know. But the Tiffany Blue Box is so much more because it's a representation of JFK Jr.'s ashes, you know? And then you'll right. see people posting, like, uh, Sean Hannity's been wearing his baby blue, uh, Tiffany Blue shirt or Tiffany Blue tile week or blah, 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 you know, or that uh, Secret Service guy that a lot of people think are is JFK Jr. is always wearing, like, this Tiffany Blue tie, which what's, Secret Service does that, you know? And so the Tiffany Blue key, does keep coming into play, you know, and it's like you said earlier – this JFK Jr. stuff's all in this QAnon stuff, whether we want it, people don't, whether they like it or not, you know? It just is. Right. And so, after all this evidence, we have Q telling us that he's dead. We have Q telling us there was a plane crash. We have Q telling us, more or less, that, that it's Trump who is on the team. So now we have to decide, am, are we the Q says goes, or what Q says, sometimes disinformation is important. Q said this to make the other team go the other way. And I'll be honest with you right now, I still think that there is a huge possibility that John F. Kennedy Jr. is alive. Ha, you thought I was going to say I didn't did you? <laughs> you. Yeah, I do. I, I do. I th- I'm sorry, but I think he's alive. I, I have to believe he's alive because we can't prove he's dead. We cannot previously it, and there's just too much weird crap going on. I'm a hopeless romantic. I want him to be alive. I love him. I want to marry him. So you, you think, still think he's alive? I'll take deplorable McAllister, and you can have him. <laughs> she's wanted for money now that she's wrote a book, Big Steve. I see what you're doing. <laughs> well, I got a book. I've got your book. Well, not the one you Oh, wrote. yeah, I'm in a book. In a book. I am actually a, the main character. Hurricane Anne is a figure, is a, is a character in a paperback book. What's it called? I forgot. Uh, I don't even remember, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's along the Water Witch and uh, Beyond the Burning Shores by uh, – uh, oh, shoot, I just lost my page. Uh, Ron Foster. Ron Foster. Sorry, I got distracted. I had that stupid Twitter up, and then I lost it. That comment, that one that had the Scott Free on it by Donald right. Trump. 
I've been trying to pull it up this whole time because my computer's been running down. But anyways, I hope you all enjoyed the show. I know that was a lot of information, but it's something to think about. And uh, we only have about two minutes left on this side. And one thing that we didn't talk about, which we normally do, is the fact that Q is always talking about Jesus and praying and to pray a lot. And he's constantly quoting stuff from Ephesians and Lord's Prayer. And so uh, we know that spiritual war that we're fighting and that Q believes this, and he has instructed his time after time after time to pray. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and close out our show tonight. And uh, Big Steve, always a pleasure. Sorry if I monopolized the whole show, but I've just been like, you know, I'm obsessed with this guy, right? <laughs> I can't help it. Hey, you did. I love him. You did the research. All okay. I had to do is so, tonight. So if uh, Steve wanted me to change the name of our group to Beauty and the Beast, but I vetoed him, so we're Wolfpack Radio. <laughs> We have 90 seconds left. I hate to rush Jesus, but can you do us a prayer within that time, Big Steve, to close? Yes, ma'am. Come quickly, Jesus. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our praise to you, Lord. We're so grateful for all that you do for us and for who you are. Uh, We ask you, Lord, to bless our nation, to bless our president, to bless those around him. Uh, to just bless bless America, friends and foes, Lord. Bless us all. Pour out your blessings upon us. And, Lord, we ask you to shine the light on the darkness that exists in this nation and this world. And we know that you sent President Trump. We thank you for that. But, Lord, bless us all and keep shining the light on the path and show us where to go, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.